Today on the Matt Wall Show, violent insurrectionists descend this time on Louisville in response to the grand jury decision in the Breonna Taylor case. But almost everything BLM has said about the shooting of Breonna Taylor is a lie. Not that the truth matters to them, of course, but we'll talk about what the truth is uh, in this case today. Also, five headlines, including the left fretting that Donald Trump won't submit to a peaceful transfer of power. That's a pretty rich charge coming from them um, as they continue to burn down our cities. And in our daily cancellation, I will cancel the CDC for trying to cancel Halloween. I won't let them do it. I won't let them get away with it. All of that coming up. But first, let's talk about Eero. You know, these days, your house isn't just your house. It's, uh, it's an office. It's a school. My house is also a lunatic asylum most of the time with four kids running around. Kind of a zoo of sorts as well. A war zone. A toxic waste dump, at least in my son's room. Um, a lot going on, and that's why I need, and you need also in your home, I'm sure, solid Wi-Fi in the whole house, which is where Eero comes in. Eero, an Amazon company, covers your whole home with fast, reliable Wi-Fi inside and out. Uh, rooms with, with bad to no Wi-Fi, dropouts on your patio. Eero makes every square foot of your home usable by eliminating poor coverage and dead spots. You'll have a consistently strong signal wherever you need it. Uh, you know, we're asking a lot of our, of our Wi-Fi, I think. Eero can help yours do more. That's what it's done for me. Go to Eero.com slash Walsh. Enter code Walsh at checkout to get free next day shipping with your order. That's E-E-R-O.com slash Walsh. Code Walsh at checkout to get your Eero delivered with free next day shipping. Eero.com slash Walsh. Code Walsh. Okay. Well, it's being said that rioting broke out in Louisville over the grand jury's decision, the Breonna Taylor case, but that's wrong on two levels. For one, the chaos in Louisville uh, as in so many other cities across the country, is funded and organized. Moments after the grand jury returned only three counts of wanton endangerment against one officer for firing shots that went into a neighbor's apartment, but no charges for Taylor's death, U-Hauls packed with pre-made signs and riot shields were already on the scene being unloaded. Now, it's clear that there's, there's orchestration and planning involved. Also, these are not mere riots. These are violent uprisings with the clear and often stated goal of destabilizing the government and burning down the system. In other words, it's insurrection. So rather than riots breaking out, this was another campaign of insurrection being carried out. And the distinction is important. It's also important, though not relevant to the insurrectionists, that the narrative surrounding the Breonna Taylor case, advanced by BLM and Antifa and their allies in the media, has proven to be almost entirely false. The narrative in these high-profile police shootings is always false, of course. The only question is one of degree, just how wrong will it turn out to be? In nearly all of the high-profile cases over the past few months especially, that answer has generally varied between extremely and incredibly. For example, the narrative around the Jacob Blake uh, shooting in Kenosha claim that he was unarmed uh, and shot by cops while trying to get into his car after stopping to break up a fight. In reality, he was harassing his alleged rape victim, was armed with a knife, was reaching into his ex-girlfriend's car, which he was allegedly trying to steal when the officer fired. In the shooting of Dion Kay in D.C., we were, we were at first told that Kay was an unarmed child shot in the back. As it turns out, he was an adult, a known gang member, and was shot in the chest while running towards officers with his gun drawn. The case of Ricardo Munoz in Lancaster, activists told us that he was a, a mentally disabled person, randomly gunned down outside his mother's house. Some even said, uh, there were some BLM people online saying he was an autistic child murdered by the cops. In reality, Munoz was 27 years old, was shot because he chased after a police officer while wielding a large knife. BLM has gotten 
almost every fact of every case wrong. Going all the way back to Michael Brown in 2014, who was claimed to have been murdered with his hands up while begging for his life, forensic evidence eyewitness reports eventually confirmed that he was actually shot while assaulting a police officer and trying to steal his weapon. And this after he had assaulted a store clerk and uh, committed a robbery. So what about Breonna Taylor? Now, initially it was reported that police burst into the wrong apartment without knocking during a botched drug raid and murdered Taylor while she was asleep. That would be indefensible if it was true, but once again, it wasn't. As Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron uh, explained in his press conference on Wednesday, officers were serving a legal warrant at the right location, and they did knock before entering. An independent witness corroborates that they announced and identified themselves. Upon entering the residence, Brianna Brianna Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, opened fire on officers. When police returned fire, Breonna Taylor was hit and killed. Here's uh, Cameron uh, at the press conference explaining some of this. Evidence shows that officers both knocked and announced their presence at the apartment. The officer's statements about their announcement are corroborated by an independent witness who was near in a proximity to apartment four. In other words, the warrant was not served as a no-knock warrant. When officers were unable to get anyone to answer or open the door to apartment four, the decision was made to breach the door. After breaching the door, Sergeant Mattingly was the first and only officer to enter the residence. Sergeant Mattingly identified two individuals standing beside one another at the end of the hall, a male and a female. In his statement, He says that the male was holding a gun, arms extended, in a shooting stance. Sergeant Mattingly saw the man's gun fire, heard a boom, and immediately knew he was shot as a result of feeling heat in his upper thigh. Kenneth Walker fired the shot that hit Sergeant Mattingly, and there is no evidence to support that Sergeant Mattingly was hit by friendly fire from other officers. Now, we should mention a warrant was issued for Taylor's apartment, because there was reason to suspect that Taylor, or at least her apartment, was in some way involved in her criminal ex-boyfriend's drug drug enterprise. Um, As court documents show, Taylor's car was spotted multiple times outside of a known drug house that was under surveillance by law enforcement. Taylor is on tape, reportedly, referring to the drug house while speaking to her then-boyfriend while he was in jail. In 2016, the body of a murder victim was allegedly found in a car rented by Taylor, which she said she had lent to her boyfriend. Um, Shortly after her death, the ex-boyfriend was again recorded in jailhouse phone conversations claiming that Taylor was, quote, handling his money. The point is that the warrant was issued for entirely valid reasons. The cops executed it according to the law, following all the proper protocols only opened fire after Walker had begun shooting at them. There is no basis for calling this a murder, much less a racist murder by agents of white supremacy. It's a tragic accident, a a catastrophic confluence of events. Many other terms could be used to describe it, but the fact remains that officers were serving a lawful warrant, acting within the bounds of the law, and responding with lethal force to the lethal force being used against them. As usual, those accusing the officers of criminal conduct have not bothered to explain what they might have done differently 
Should they have not obtained the warrant for the apartment in the first place, despite having credible reason to believe that it had ties to drug trafficking? Should they not have executed the warrant? Should they not have, uh, or should they have waited outside for someone to come to the door, and if the residents refused to answer, then just pack up and go home? Or should they have not returned fire once, once they were fired upon? Instead, you know, diving to the floor or hiding behind furniture, hoping the assailant stops before a bullet hits one of them in the face. Now, BLM militants, if they were being honest, would actually answer yes to all of those questions. They've made it clear that their problem with the police is that the police exist. Anything the police do, therefore, is wrong. For the simple fact, the police are the ones doing it. For BLM and its allies, the fight against police brutality is a fight against policing itself. All law enforcement is brutality in their minds. And anybody who dies at the hands of police, any black person anyway, has been murdered no matter what, regardless of context. This is the radicalism that holds our cities hostage, the madness to which we are all supposed to bow. It dresses itself in the garb of racial justice. It carries signs that say things like equality. But this is all a decidedly unconvincing disguise for their radical assault on law and order and civilization itself. And that's what's happening. And now it's happening in Louisville. Let's get to our five headlines. You know, one of our uh, one of our really loyal sponsors and supporters of the show is Wise Company. Uh, we've been with working with them for a long time. Well, now they've changed their name. Uh, you know about Wise Company. Now they are Ready Wise, and they've got a whole bunch of they've expanded their 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 catalog, their products that are available. Um, now we know they have emergency meals. They've got freeze dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on the go nutrition. But now they also have adventure meals for hiking, camping, other outdoor activities. Uh, and you know, I know for me, my experience with uh, with ReadyWise is just a peace of mind, especially in, in, in these days, in these uh, shall we call them uncertain times, to use the media phrase that we hear so often. Uh, it, it, and there is a lot of uncertainty, so I feel some peace of mind just knowing that I've got these meals and I'm, I'm prepared for an emergency if it uh, if it should ever happen. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. Order you can order online. You can have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. And when preparing our meals, all you need to do is need, need is just four cups of water. Uh, the water doesn't even need to be hot. So it's very easy for you. You simply pour the food into water. You stir and cover. After about 15 minutes, the meal is ready. Some meals can even be prepared directly in the pouch, eliminating the need for additional um, supplies. I, I've tried some of these meals, even though you know I've got the adventure meals. I've also got the, the, the ones for an emergency. Just I've tried them myself, and I can say that uh, you can tell that there's a lot of crafting that goes into this, um, and they are, they're good. They, they taste good, even though they're for emergencies. This week, my listener can get free shipping. My listeners can get uh, free shipping at readywise.com when entering Walsh at checkout or by calling 855-475-3089. ReadyWise has a 90-day, no-questions-asked return policy, so there's no risk taking the initiative to get yourself and your family prepared today. That's ReadyWise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com. Promo code Walsh to get free shipping today. All right. Yeah, you may have heard that I just said my listener can get free shipping. The one, you know. Well, no, look, let's be honest. I have two. So my one listener, the other one also. Both of you guys can get free shipping uh, with ReadyWise. Okay. Speaking of the insurrection, two Louisville police officers, at least at least two, were shot uh, by a BLM militant last night. Uh, the violence 
wasn't just in Louisville. In Portland, they were throwing Molotov cocktails, as you can see here. Somebody, well, there, there we go, just peacefully firebombing the cops there. In Seattle, here they are beating a cop over the head with a metal bat. Peacefully, of course. Um, this, of course, has been going on in those two cities for months, literally months. Which is why those mayors should be in prison. They should be forcibly deposed and thrown in prison. They have abdicated their responsibilities, and, and they have to be dealt with. Wait until after the election, if that's what you need to do. But then uh, this, this cannot be allowed to continue. This, this, is, this, is not, this goes way beyond politics. But that's Portland and Seattle. Back to Louisville, where uh, the riots, the insurrection, was very violent, and it involved the attempted murder of at least two cops. Here's how Reuters described it, by the way. Uh, they said, demonstrations in Louisville w wore on past nightfall in defiance of a 9 p.m. curfew and remained mostly peaceful until several gunshots rang out in the midst of a skirmish between protesters and heavily armed police. Mostly peaceful until they tried to blow the brains out of two cops. Yes, well, you know, things are always peaceful until they aren't, right? The, the Normandy landings were peaceful until the shooting started. Uh, the town of Sharpsburg was, was quaint and quiet and peaceful until the Battle of Antietam commenced. That, that's how it works. ABC 11 had a different spin. They said, um, Louisville officer shot, but unclear if tied to protests. Yes. Kind of reminds me of a Titanic passenger drowns, but unclear if tied to ship sinking. Same, same general idea. Now, Democratic Governor Andy Bashir in Kentucky uh, spoke last night about the shooting of the police officers, and here's what he had to say. Hi, everyone. I know that with the events of today, many people are feeling powerful emotions, whether that's frustration, anger, concern. And many people have been out on the streets, especially in Louisville tonight, giving voice to those emotions. But sadly, we have seen at least one individual uh, turn what were non-violent ways of, of expressing ourselves into the shooting of at least two law enforcement officers. We know that the answer to violence is never violence. And we are thinking about those two officers and their families tonight. So I'm asking everybody, please go home. Go home tonight. There will be many times over the coming days where there will be an opportunity to be heard, and so many people are listening right now. As your governor, I've promised to listen. But let's make sure we don't see any more violence tonight, and let's make sure that we find ways of expressing ourselves moving forward where your point and other people's points are made, and that hopefully we can not just listen, but we can hear. Everybody out there, stay safe. We care about each and every one of you. Good night. Yeah, that's what we call bare minimum, uh, weak, pathetic. Obviously, he had to say something. He, he couldn't just completely ignore, as much as he probably would have liked to, the shooting of two of his police officers. But that is, that's about as weak as a denunciation goes. And keep in mind, now, if I, if I didn't know any better, and I didn't know the context, um, and I was just listening to the tone and, and, and the way this is approached. I would think that he was talking about, I don't know, some people spray painting 
just just some just some petty vandalism or something. No, this is the attempted murder of two police officers during violent riots, and this is how Bashir approaches it. Um, and that is, and even that he's going to get flack from the left for that, as pathetic and weak as it was. Number two, um, well, what's what's the media and the left freaking out about today? Not the violent revolution happening in our streets. They love that. Not the cops who were shot, bombed, beaten last night. They're in favor of that too. No, instead it's this. Uh, This is what they're worried about. This is what Trump said during a press conference, and we are supposed to be very, very concerned and scared and worried about this. Listen. Win, lose, or draw in this election, will you commit here today for a peaceful transferal of power after the election? There has been rioting in Louisville. There's been rioting in many cities across this country, red and your so-called red and blue states. Will you commit to making sure that there is a peaceful transferal of power after the election? Well, we're going to have to see what happens. You know that I've been complaining very strongly about the ballots, and the ballots are a disaster. I understand that, but people are rioting. Do you commit to making sure that there's a peaceful transferal of power? We want to have get rid of the ballots, and you'll have a very trans. We'll have a very peaceful. There won't be a transfer, frankly. There'll be a continuation. Uh, The ballots are out of control. You know it. And you know who knows it better than anybody else? The Democrats know it better than anybody else. Go ahead. Oh, no, he's he's not committing to the peaceful transfer of power. He's going to refuse. He's going to barricade himself in the White House and refuse to come out. He's going to stage a military coup, right? Yeah, that's a real concern. First of all, listen to the question again. Trump was asked if he would commit to transfer of power, win, lose, or draw. So they were trying to get him to agree to transferring power even if he wins. Very stupid question. And Trump's answer to it was fine. The only criticism I would have, the only one, is that I think he should have concluded his answer by politely inviting that reporter to kiss his ass. I think that would have been, that's the polite thing to do, and so I would have preferred that. But other than that, it was a fine answer. Um, and, and also it's, 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 yeah, if, if you want to misunderstand the point on purpose, then you always can, of course, uh, if you're a dishonest person, but it's, it's clear what Trump is getting at is, is like, I'm not, if I actually lose, okay, but he's there, there are concerns that, uh, the story will be that he lost, even though he didn't. He's worried about the the election being stolen from him. Biden and the Democrats are saying the exact same sorts of things. So if you have a problem with that kind of rhetoric, it it is really on both sides. This is not a what about both. This is real. This is both sides. Both sides are are saying this. Um, So whatever criticism you have of that, it it applies across the board. But also, I I mean, the, the main point is this. You just cannot pretend, or you you can pretend all you want, but you cannot be taken seriously in pretending that you care about a peaceful transfer of power while your people are currently, as we speak, in the process of burning down cities, shooting cops, beating cops, firebombing cops, okay? You cannot, months and months of this, and now you're pretending that you care about a peaceful transfer of power. It's too late for a peaceful transfer of power. We are already in the midst of, of, of a, a, a decidedly non-peaceful um, time, time in our country. And that is all on the left. Peaceful transfer of power. 
Yes, yes. I'm, I'm very concerned about the peaceful transfer of power, he thought to himself as he threw a Molotov cocktail at police. And not only that, by the way, but they're, they've also, they're openly promising to burn it all down, burn the system down if, uh, if, you know, if Trump is reelected. So, yes, but they're concerned about peaceful transfer of power. Sure. Number three, President Trump yesterday announced an executive order. Um, let's listen to this. I will always protect the vital role of religion and prayer in American society, and I will always defend the sacred right to life. Today, I am announcing that I will be signing the Born Alive Executive Order to ensure that all precious babies born alive, no matter their circumstances, receive the medical care that they deserve. This is our sacrosanct moral duty. We are also increasing federal funding for the neonatal research to ensure that every child has the very best chance to thrive and to grow. So the Daily Wire reports that this, is, this, this order is expected to mirror the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act, which states that uh, a healthcare protect practitioner who's present must exercise the same degree of care as reasonably provided to another child born alive at the same gestational age, and to uh, immediately admit the child to a hospital. The bill also requires a healthcare practitioner or other employee to immediately report any failure to comply with this requirement to law enforcement. A person who violates this requirement is subject to criminal penalties, a fine up to five years in prison, or both. Um, additionally, an individual who intentionally kills or attempts to kill a, a child born alive is subject to prosecution for murder. And, and that's all of that is great. That's exactly what it should be. Any sane person agrees with this. Um, this, this, is, this is an issue that Republicans and conservatives should be talking about. Trump is right to act on it. And um, yeah, let, let the left go out as they are now and as they will continue to and openly advocate for infanticide. But remember again, totally peaceful. A peaceful infanticide. Number four, um, let's get to some important news here. Uh, you can look at this picture right here. That's a giant rat pulled out of a sewer. True story. Okay, the New York Post has the story. It says, Mexico City cleanup crews um, lived everybody, everybody's worst nightmare on September 18th when they discovered what looked like a monster drowned rat while dredging the sewers. The, 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 the sewers. The Buick-sized rodent was part of, a, of 20, 22 tons of litter the workers had removed from the city's drainage tunnels following heavy rains. During the unsavory gig, the workers reportedly turned a corner and encountered what they described as a giant rat, which sat hunched over and sported incredibly realistic fur. As it turns out, the vermin was actually a Halloween prop. Oh, that's disappointing. That had been washed out of its warehouse by the storm. I mean, it was unlikely, but I was really rooting for this to be real. Um, you know, choose the form of your destructor kind of thing. And, uh, and if we have to have the apocalypse, then I think an apocalypse at the hands of oversized rats would be, I don't know how enjoyable it would be, but it would certainly be appropriate. A woman named Evelyn Lopez has since come forward to claim, to claim the rat, which she reportedly created from scratch for Halloween. Lopez said it had gone missing years ago during a torrential downpour, and no one could help her retrieve it. So it's been, she couldn't find that huge thing for years, and now she finally has found it. Well, I'm glad for their reu reunion. Number five, um, this couldn't come soon enough. Racism has finally been solved. It's over, folks. You can go home. Uncle Ben's, the rice brand, has announced that it will take the uh, word uncle off of its product and also remove the picture of a black man from the product in order to combat racism, you understand. 
So they, they made this big announcement on their website. You can see here, Ben's Original, that's the new name. We've listened, we've learned, we're changing. It says, over the last several weeks, we have listened to thousands of consumers, our own associates, and other stakeholders from around the world. We understand the inequities that were associated with the name and face of the Uncle Ben's brand. That, what? What inequities were associated with the name of a box of rice? Um, and so, uh, blah, 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 they decided to change it. This, of course, just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, how, how are we helping to solve racism by taking a black man's face off of the packaging? How is that? I thought, I thought so we, we have like both strategies happening here. Because on one hand, we're told we need more representation and, uh, you know, racial minorities need to be more visible. And I mean, that's why they're doing, apparently they announced they're going to do, uh, they're doing a Friends remake with an all-black cast. And so there's a lot of that sort of thing going on. Um, and we're going to combat racism that way. But we're also going to combat it by, with less visibility, by, by taking, you know, black faces off of packaging and that sort of thing. Doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. All right, we're going to get to our daily cancellation in just a second. But before we do, um, you know, I've been telling you for a long time about uh, our sponsors, Vincero. I'm wearing one of the watches right now. A watch should be something you look forward to putting on every day. I know I do. And that's exactly how I feel about my Vincero watches. Vincero is dedicated to the craft. They put the time and effort into crafting timepieces so you can wear them day after day. Um, the guys in their team, they sent over some watches, and, and uh, I've enjoyed watching them, wearing them regularly. With Vincero, there's no brand name market, no big-time big price tags. Their promise to you is really simple, solid, well-made product that you will enjoy wearing. Um, and during this time, they're continuing to do right by their buyers. These guys, they know how important it is to shop from brands that you can trust. So you can check out their watches. Just go to vincerowatches.com slash Walsh to get access to their exclusive discount. Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day uh, returns, guarantees for your watches for two years. And that's why you can go look at the reviews. They got 22,000 five-star reviews, and that's what I trust, really. If, I mean, 22,000 people all agreeing. They can't be wrong. Take advantage of 20% off everything on their website. Vincero has styles for men and women, as well as accessories, uh, wallets, bracelets, extra straps, sunglasses, all of that incredible quality. Like I said, these are timepieces you will enjoy wearing every single day. If you don't, Vincero will make it right. That's their promise. If you don't love it, they will make it right by you, but you will love it, trust me. Uh, go shop Vincero. The deal really is too good to pass up. Go to V-I-N-C-E-R-O watches.com forward slash Walsh. Do not pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Take advantage of our exclusive discount and get up to 25 or 20% off your entire order. Um, all right, let's get to our daily cancellation. Hey, by the way, you know, we, there, there are so many ways you can enjoy the podcast. You can watch it, listen to it. Uh, Daily Wire members can now also enjoy our shows on Apple TV and Roku, so members can enjoy all the visual elements of this podcast and our other shows on your big screen, either live or on demand. Find the Daily Wire app on uh, Apple TV or Roku, and you could download today. So I wanted to tell you about that as well. Now, today for our daily cancellation, we're going to cancel the CDC. Uh, it's long past time for the CDC to face its cancellation. There have been many straws straining this particular camel's back. The straw that finally broke it is this. As you can see, the Center for Disease Control has a whole page on its website giving guidance on holiday celebrations. Because, of course, in a free country, the first thing a citizen ought to do before observing a holiday is check with a public health organization and consult a series of federal agencies before deciding how to celebrate it. This is why, in my household, on, you know, our tradition on Christmas morning is that we all wake up early in, our, early in the morning in our Christmas jammies, 
yes, I have Christmas jammies, and yes, I do call them jammies. What of it? And we all wake up, we go downstairs, we gather around the Christmas tree, and then we submit an application to the Department of Health and Human Services requesting a waiver that will permit us to open presents. And usually it only takes about two to three business days to come through, and um, the kids really enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Now, in any case, here's the CDC. Um, and this is, this is them explaining their guidelines. It says, as many people in the United States begin to plan for fall and winter holiday celebrations, CDC offers the following considerations to help protect individuals, their families, friends, and communities from COVID-19. These are considerations meant to supplement, not replace, any state, local, territorial, or tribal health and safety laws, rules, and regulations with uh, which holiday gatherings must comply. When planning to host a holiday celebration, you should assess current COVID-19 levels in your community to determine whether to postpone, cancel, or limit the number of attendees. Then it proceeds to give guidance on all fall holidays. And it lists those holidays as Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Halloween, uh, Dea de los Muertos, Navratri, Diwali, and Thanksgiving. So I'll have to consult their Diwali guidelines later, but here's what it says for Halloween. Uh, it says, avoid these higher risk activities to help prevent the spread of the virus that causes COVID-19. Says, um, and, then, and then here are the high risk activities. Participating in traditional trick-or-treating, where treats are handed to children who go door-to-door. Having trunk or treat, where treats are handed out from trunks of cars lined up in large parking lots. Attending crowded costume parties held indoors. Going to an indoor haunted house where people may be crowded together and screaming. Going on hay rides or tractor rides with people who are not in your household. Using alcohol or drugs, which can cloud judgment and increase risky behaviors. Traveling to a rural fall festival that is not in your community if you live in an area, uh, an area with community spread of COVID-19. So those are the things that you must avoid, according to your public health overlords. But not to worry, they do provide some low-risk, safe alternatives. These low-risk activities uh, include carving or decorating pumpkins with members of your household and displaying them, carving or decorating pumpkins outside, at a safe distance with neighbors or friends, decorating your house, apartment, or living space, doing a Halloween scavenger hunt where children are given lists of Halloween-themed things to look for while they walk outdoors from house to house, admiring Halloween decorations at a distance, having a virtual Halloween costume contest, having a Halloween movie night with people you live with, having a scavenger hunt-style trick-or-treat search with your household members in or around your home, rather than going house to house. Okay, yes, decorate your home for a festive Halloween party and then invite no one over. Just sit there in your living room, alone, staring at the wall, weeping quietly while gorging yourself on fun-sized Snickers, or as I like to call it, a normal Tuesday night. Now, these, these suggestions are, are helpful from the CDC, but I'm afraid they may be giving us too much latitude. Some of these activities seem very risky, in fact, like Carving a pumpkin, there's the obvious danger that the knife might slip. You might disembowel yourself accidentally. I have two cousins and an uncle who all died that way. It was a bloody night, which, you know, it wasn't such a bad thing, I guess, given that it was Halloween. But also, when, when you go outside to place your pumpkin on the porch, can you be sure that at the same moment your neighbor might not be walking to his car across the street and then cough and a stiff breeze might carry the COVID virus directly into your nostrils? I mean, you know, you might say, well, then I'll wear a mask. Well, of course you will, but then the virus might enter through your eyes. And then you say, well, then I'll wear a face shield. 
Okay, fine, but the virus might go into your ears or it might attach yourself to your clothes. And then later that night, while you're getting changed for bed, it might leap into any number of exposed orifices. Now, the risk of any of this happening is somewhere in the neighborhood of like 0.0000000000001%, but it's not non-existent. There is some risk. And what we've learned in recent months is that we simply cannot afford to take any risk of any kind at all, ever, period. Unless, of course, you are not a lunatic and you prefer to actually still live a human life, you selfish bastard. And maybe you've come to terms with the fact that you're mortal and uh, risk will always be there and eventually you will die, probably not of COVID, but of something. So hiding in your home, huddled under your blanket is not only a pathetic and dreary existence, but ultimately futile. You're going to die anyway. If that's the case, then you will go out and still trick-or-treat because quite obviously, you know, um, in all seriousness, trick-or-treating is not high risk at all. You're outside. Kids are the ones doing it. They aren't likely to contract or spread the virus anyway. They're already wearing, many of them, masks and gloves for the costumes. Uh, they aren't bunched together in tight groups. Their interactions with the people answering the door are brief. If this is high risk, then literally anything is, which brings us back to huddling in our homes under the blankets. What I can say is, high risk or not, I will be out with my kids trick-or-treating on Halloween. So you better answer your damned door, because we're coming. And if you don't answer, we might throw a brick through the window. Though we would only be doing that, of course, for racial justice and peace. And because we're mad you didn't give us any candy which I'm increasingly convinced is also the motivation behind many of these rioters. They're just mad that we're not giving them candy. Uh, but the CDC is, uh, is canceled finally for all of that. And Halloween, they say Halloween is canceled. I say it's a go. Congratulations. You're welcome. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020. Hey everyone, it's Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. Leftist culture is dead. No one watches their movies, no one watches their sports, no one believes their ideas. All they've got left is violence and intimidation and lies, and they are bringing them on all across the country. We'll take a look on The Andrew Claven Show.